Dragon Ball Super Dome. We got a lot of shit to talk about, so we're going to speed through episode 72. Before we get to that, make sure you subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube. Please rate and review. Helps people find the show. Other than that, we got a lot of shit to talk about. Broly trailer dropped yesterday, and I want to mainly talk about that because that everybody under the fucking sun who listens to this show reach out and be like, what do you think now, cocksucker? So I feel like I have to um, talk about this trailer and, and let you know, yeah, I'm excited for it too, assholes. Uh, we'll get there in a second. Episode 72. Didn't write down the title. So here's my goal today. I'm going to try to get through 72 in 10 minutes or less. Okay, so we've we've burned about one minute. Let's see if we can get this done in the next nine minutes. I didn't take two pages worth of notes. So the only thing I really want to talk about episode 72, it's a fun episode. I think 71 sets it up to be, uh, should be better. Um, But 72 has a nice resolution to the end of it um basically goku comes back to life shocker and uh he's like hey hit i'm alive motherfucker let's fight again hit comes back they fight some more it becomes very evident that they're not taking this fight personally like yes they're both going all out and they're both trying to you know win this battle but at the same time there's such a strong mutual respect that they kind of start to really set up in the first half of this episode um the, the mutual respect between them, the fight has almost an air of training to it. Like, it, basically, it feels like Goku is getting trained by Hit. And to an extent, I think that's what Goku wanted. I mean, not directly to, you know, work, not directly to be his student and, you know, do milk runs and shit for him like he did for Master Roshi. But I think he wanted to be able to fight Hit at his best. And it said Hit is much stronger in this episode than he was previously in the U6, U7 uh, tournament. So with him being this much stronger, Goku wanting to get much stronger, obviously, because that's the fucking driving engine of the show. Um, Goku then en- enlists the power of Whis to get in touch with Vados so that Vados can hire Hit. And Goku essentially puts a Hit out, pun, I guess, not intended, but it's there, so it's intended. He puts a hit out on his own head for Hit to come and kill him. All right? So, surprise. Goku's trying to get stronger wants to fight real strong guys. While Vegeta is off doing these, you know, long sparring sessions with Whis, of which he's still, you know, not done with the 100 of them before he's able to go back to Earth. There's a quick shot of them going back to Whis's planet, and Vegeta's got, you know, three more to do or whatever it is. And then he tries to woo Beerus and Whis to come to Earth, say, fuck these spar things, and let's go eat a steak. Steak's dope. Granny secret sauce. Granny secret sauce. Yeah, I'd be a granny secret sauce. So they head back to Earth. Uh, ultimately, they drop in on this hit versus Goku thing, uh, this round two, essentially. And they notice, hey, Shampa and Vados are over here hanging out. And that's when it was explained how Vados was hired by proxy by blah, blah, blah. So speeding right along. Um, I think the only other noteworthy part of this episode is in that Shampa Vados exchange. They do talk about how he's how his time skip works essentially, and how he can make an alternate dimension. He saves up the stored time, and he can be in a different location, in a different dimension, pocket of time entirely. 
So you can still see him, but you can't fucking touch him with, which is basically the action that you get between Goku and Hit today. Uh, Goku goes to punch him. He can't. So them explaining it at this point in time in the series, I remember watching it. I checked the airing date. It aired just around Christmas of 2016. So just around Christmas of 2016 was when the news came out about the Tournament of Power and the promo art came out and 17 was there and Fat Boo was there. And Roshi and Tian and Krillin. And you're like, oh, fuck, 17's back? Shit, they're bringing Roshi along? What the hell? And all of the reaction that went along with that teaser art. That art came out right around this episode. So the fact that they decided to describe Hit's ability to essentially hide himself in another dimension, another pocket of time. It had us all thinking this is what gave credence to the hit stew in the ring fucking theory from the Tournament of Power. As stupid as that fucking sounded at times, this scene kind of gives that some merit. And I think that people who watch this scene would say, oh man, you can't really eliminate hit from that kind of scenario if he has this kind of ability. And people still insisting that he was still in the ring even after Universe 6 got erased. I mean, that's like saying you voted for Trump and then you're still proud of the fucking policy and procedure that he's had intact. If you got fooled once, okay, fine. The second time, though, you're an idiot. So if you still thought if you still thought that hit was around after Universe 6 got erased by Zeno, that was dopey. But the first part of what you thought maybe hit is hiding somewhere after he gets eliminated by Jiren when he has him in that time cage. That part of it. Still makes sense, I think. But once the universe got erased, um, and we are going to talk about the Tournament of Power a little bit more toward the end of the episode because a big piece of the manga come out this week. Essentially, we get to see Kale's version, uh, Toritaro's version of Kale versus Toriyama's version of Kale from the anime. Ginormous differences. And actually, they tie into Broly. So we'll talk about that at the end of the episode here. So besides them teasing, essentially, what kind of factor or determining factor that hit could play in the tournament of power with explaining how vast and huge and beneficial this power is. Even if Goku was able to defeat it, that's still a huge advantage for universe six. You could have one of your own participants of the, of the tournament of power still be inbounds while not being able to be touched. That's fucking huge. He can sit there and run out the clock if he really wanted. So I feel like they kind of pumped hit up a lot in that sense, in terms of what he could be in the tournament of power. But also in the other sense of, toward the end of this episode, once Vegeta, Whis, and Beerus get back to Earth, and Vegeta is witnessing this this love, this bro-fest, this basically a, a training session going on between these two. Vegeta's like, hey, what the fuck, man? You seem to like fighting this dude a hell of a lot more than me. What's that about? That's not cool. And you see the admiration between Hit and Goku, and it's like, yeah, man, he's just, it's a different thing. It's a, Vegeta, you're always going to be number one in my heart, but... This guy gets me excited. Kind of in a boner way, but mostly in a martial arts way. So the way they sprinkle that in there, having Vegeta compare himself to Hit and having just had two very Hit-based episodes not long after he made like his first real impression on the audience in the U6 and U7 tournament. We're talking about all of that happening within the span of what? Like 20, 30 episodes tops? So like you do get a fair dose of Hit right in the middle of Dragon Ball Super. And this scene here kind of gave me the inkling when I first watched it. It's like, oh man, is this where Hit kind of becomes a little bit more involved and he hangs out with Goku more and they're equating him out to Vegeta right now. 
and they're drawing that comparison, maybe they're kind of setting up the audience to think maybe Hit will be around a little bit more often. And Tournament of Power kind of nerfed him. I've bitched about that the last few weeks for sure. Um, but ultimately, will he be a factor if the series comes back next year? I don't know. I really hope so. But that's really all I've got to say on episode 72. That's all I've got to say about that. So, let's talk about this real shit, dude. Ooh. Broly, 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 Broly. Now, let me be fucking clear. I'm not hyped on the idea of Broly. I'm hyped on the idea of this new film. Broly just so happens to be in it. And again, I will acknowledge, while I'm not pumped with the character of Broly historically, and the fact that they're bringing him back, in my opinion, is kind of lazy, I'm hopeful that they'll execute well on this rebooted backstory, and this movie will kick ass. Because, I don't know, guys, I, I love, I've loved Dragon Ball more or less my whole life, so I can't root for it to suck. I could never fucking do that in good conscience. I want it to be good. Let's hope it is. I mean, the possibility is very real that it'll suck. <laughs> Let me be clear. Um, and I actually uh, I saw something that kind of made me a little... I just punched myself in the head, for those of you who can't hear that. Made me a little worried, all right? I, I saw some shit from Herms on Twitter earlier today that made me nervous about what this movie could be. Um, or at least, maybe not what it could be, but it's one sign to me that they might take an easier route rather than the grand epic scale that Toriyama alluded to in those comments released a couple of weeks ago. It's very big and dramatic and epic. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm pretty sure this movie, I just found out, it's it's probably going to take place on Earth. Okay, yeah, that's real fucking epic. Same fucking planet. You just showed us eight other universes, ten other, however many fucking other universes. But yeah, big grand and epic on the fucking planet Earth. Ugh, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pull up this trailer on my phone. I'm going to start it. You'll probably hear it through my microphone a little bit. I'm not going to splice in the sound because I'm going to be stopping it a little bit here and there uh, when I see some shit of note. So, just bear with me, huh? Oh, what up, space? All right, so we get a big-ass party scene. Whis is like, what's up, dude? You're pretty strong already. Why don't you fuck off? And he's like, nah, I'm fat. I'm eating. I want to get, get strong. Open my eyes. Yeah, I'm fired up too, dude. All right, so right then and there, right after he says I'm fired up, you get the fucking logo or whatever the hell it says. And the next shot is you see a capsule corp. I thought it looked like me, me a little bit like a spaceship, but no, nah, I was wrong. It, I think it's like a, a van. Like a flying fucking van flying over these Arctic mountains and shit. So I'm pretty sure that this story is on is gonna be taking place on Earth. And I'll talk about the Herms thing toward the end of this, but pretty sure this bitch is on Earth. A new saying. And everyone's nervous about it. Look at these generic looking freezer fucks whom nobody knows. That must be the guy. So I like that the first shot of Broly is a close-up on his face and he's taking a bite out of like a chicken leg or some shit. Man, does he look feral as fuck biting into that chicken leg? He looks mean. 
Yeah, his energy is absurd, no doubt. So you do see a very clear shot of what we all believe to be a control indicator uh, around Broly's neck. So, um, carrying on. Ooh, I saw a Dragon Ball fall down in them cracks. Get him, Broly. So this is very, very crucial to me, all right, in terms of this shot. We have Paragus who is standing at the end of a spaceship. There's a bunch of armored guards, you know, lining it. And he says, go fuck them up, Broly. And Broly flies out. Now, as this shot pulls out, you see a little bit more of the spaceship. And I don't know this for a fact. I don't know what these guards look like. Um, I don't know who they are. But, yeah, I get it. You're Broly. Fuck off. Real quick, real quick, real quick. Yeah, motherfucker. I don't know who these guards are. They look almost like robots or some shit. But that spaceship very clearly to me looks like a Frieza spaceship. It looks like Frieza spaceship that he shows up to Earth with and then Trunks chops his ass in half. Difference being, um, the sides of this one are like neon green. Those were like more of a yellow gold kind of color. Um, I mean, maybe they're just keeping with the green aesthetic, green legendary Super Saiyan aura. I don't know. Yeah, Broly, what up? What pal? All right, so Vegeta versus Broly. You have a quick bite of 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 Sabbath. And by the way, I'm excited to hear Chris Sabbath be uh, Vegeta in this movie. For some reason, the little bits of dialogue they use for Vegeta in this movie, I'm like. Fuck yeah, every time. I don't know why. That's just me. Um, but Vegeta makes a comment that says, oh man, he's learning as he fights. So we're probably going to find a Broly who isn't super experienced, is, is you know has this raw fucking ability and this power, but doesn't really know how to harness it maybe at first. So when he has this fight with Vegeta, I'm going to assume this is going to be the first fight of the movie. So the way they've broken down this trailer was really interesting. First, they show you Vegeta versus Broly, a quick little clip of it. And, you know, Vegeta makes the comment. He's learning as he fights. So I'm thinking that Vegeta fights him first, and Broly's not a super experienced fighter. He's got this crazy raw power. He's got this high concentration of, I'm going to have to assume S-cells. I think this is how they're going to work S-cells into this shit. So, Ugh. I'm assuming he's going to be the Anakin Skywalker with his midi-chlorians off the fucking charts. And uh, Vegeta finds him and fights him. And Broly starts to whip his ass midway through the battle. Even though Vegeta there is only Super Saiyan, not Super Saiyan Blue. So that would give me some indication that Vegeta's like, all right, I could probably whip your ass. So let me take it a little easy on you. Maybe they start off their relationship or their encounter with Broly, not completely on opposite sides of the fence, but... They get there eventually once they piece together. Oh, you're the dude who kicked me and my dad off our home planet and tried to have me killed? Because I assume that'll still be a driving factor in Toriyama's reboot of this story. So Vegeta versus Broly, that's up first. We're assuming Vegeta is going to be fighting Broly when he's not exactly at his full power. Or his full capabilities, let's say. Subarashi! Uh, Frieza versus Broly. So... Frieza's in this movie, again, his history in the Saiyan lore ties into this movie somehow. Uh, later in this preview, it looks like we get some shots of maybe flashback Planet Vegeta, so we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but at a certain point, 
Maybe after Broly battles Vegeta and he realizes that he's got this raw-ass power that he now kind of understands how to harness. Maybe Frieza, who possibly could have had this dude enslaved already. Who knows? Uh, maybe Frieza is now overthrown, basically, by Broly. Broly realizes how powerful he is and has, you know, an encounter with another Saiyan. A Saiyan of Vegeta's caliber, you know, that pushes Saiyan, uh, Broly's raw Saiyan abilities to another level. He gets super powerful. Now he's got to fight Frieza. Uh, just because he's like, fuck you, Frieza. I don't work for nobody no more. I work for me. And then maybe he'll kill Frieza in this movie. That would be a really impactful statement if they, if Toei decides to go the route of killing Frieza by Broly. That's some serious shit. So maybe maybe that Frieza versus Broly fight will be the second big encounter that we get in uh, in the movie. The Goku versus Broly. Wapow! Wow! All right, I think that's important to note that there's a quick shot of Super Saiyan Goku. I think he might have been Super Saiyan 2. It was really, really quick. Either one or two. Either way, not going balls out at Super Saiyan Blue. Uh, him running up against a base form Broly. A base form Broly who looks different than when you first see Broly earlier in the trailer. And this kind of lines up with the merchandising that we saw that's, that was released at Shonen Carnival last week and some more stuff that we've seen at San Diego Comic-Con this week. I think at a certain point in the movie, you see him in the beginning. That's that flat-haired, long-haired design with the scars, you know, whatever. Then there's another version of him with his hair standing up. And I talked about one of the figures last week. I'm like, maybe it's an action pose. Maybe he's flying through the air. I don't think it's that, dude. I think he's just emitting a fucking aura that maybe you can or can't see all the time. He's that effing powerful after that fight with Vegeta. I imagine fighting with Vegeta powers this dude up immensely in the first act of the film, probably toward the end of the first act. So I'm excited to see what that second version of Broly looks like when he's got his hair all standing up. I want an explanation as to what's going on there. Is he just that powerful that his hair just can't chill? Can't lax that shit? But he is fighting Goku in his, you know, quote-unquote base form at that point in the film. No Super Saiyan transformation at all. So. Looks like this is going to be tougher than we thought. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait either. So right there you see a quick uh, shot of Vegeta um, saying it looks like he's doing a hand-holdy thing. I'm assuming with Broly. Hands locked, saying that this is going to be tougher than we expected. And then you get a real quick shot of the Super Saiyan God Goku responding. Yeah. And then the San Diego Comic-Con designs came out yesterday at the panel in Hall H. Um, I guess <laughs> I guess the Funimation booth was so fucking popular, um, they had to shut it down. From what I understand, it's because of the, uh, those Funko Pop collectors, those fucking nasty Funko Pop collectors. Ugh. You guys are the worst. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love Funkos, but seriously, I went to Hot Topic yesterday, and there was a line of like 40 fucking people, and the first six people in the fucking line, they bought like six Broly's apiece. Whatever. I digress. Y'all scumbags, I digress. Super Saiyan God Vegeta was revealed in those designs from San Diego Comic-Con yesterday. So, we're finally going to see the SS God Vegeta. This is what's up. But, we'll also see Goku at a certain point. In that form in this movie. I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait either. Saiyan warrior race. All right, all right. Ooh, back it up, back it up, homeboy. The Saiyan warrior race. So there's a quick shot of 
a baby's hand touching the glass, touching some glass. I don't know what the glass is. Dude, it's so quick. My fat fucking fingers can't even rewind there. Um, well, pal, got you, bitch. So, <laughs> um, it's a hands with a big gray wristband on it. I don't know what it could be. Touching a little kid's hand through some glass. Popular thing I've seen, and other people have talked about it, is maybe Broly's like a genetically modified Saiyan or genetically grown Saiyan. Maybe this is Toriyama's fucking um, take on GMOs. Uh, basically, my point is maybe they had a concentration of Saiyan cells from something and they used it to make this ultimate Saiyan Broly in a lab somewhere. I could see that. I Yeah, I could, I could probably see that. What I think, but I, I don't think it's likely. I, I've been saying it since the Broly news came out. I think Toei would rather tell a simpler, easier story than having to get overly complicated like some of us adult Dragon Ball fans want them to get. So while I think that would make sense, it would make for a cool you know, way to bring them back. With that kind of premise, you've essentially combined the original Broly story and Bio Broly kind of into one, which I think is kind of cool. Uh, although the premise of Bio Broly was fucking ridiculous in and of itself. If you work that into the original idea for Broly, maybe, I don't know, who fuck knows. My point is, I don't think that's what it is. Having Frieza in this movie, he ties in heavily to the history of the Saiyans, given that he enslaved the motherfuckers and blew up their planet, right? If you've read Dragon Ball Minus, which I haven't. I've never read Dragon Ball Minus. It's basically the story of Bardock and Jean, uh, the um, the parents of Goku. And I guess the day or two leading up to you know the eventual eradication of the Saiyans and the destruction of planet Vegeta. So basically, it's the Japanese version of Superman getting sent off from an exploding planet Krypton to Earth. Except it's Goku. In the panels within that manga there, there is a shot of, of Bardock going to visit Goku and, you know, the, the Saiyan baby nursery, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And that baby born of natural birth um, is in one of these same tubes that we see a couple of different times throughout the trailer. Actually, the trailer ends with this tube, too. So I don't really know if, if it, they're trying to hint that it's a genetically, you know, uh, genetically engineered Broly or something like that. Maybe. Who knows? Um but I feel like it's probably them trying to throw us off the trail a little bit. And it's actually just, say, a flashback to early Planet Vegeta and Broly being born. You know, something like that. Um, so I don't know about genetically modified Saiyans, but uh, be interesting what to see what they do to justify bringing Broly back for sure. Big explosion, of course. What do you see? All right. What do you see? And then it says, beyond that strength. What do you see beyond that strength? Weird. Weird, weird, weird. I can't. So it says, what do you see? And then you see a quick shot of those tubes again that look just like the ones that you see in Dragon Ball Minus. Um, basically it's, it's, you know, what a baby Saiyan lives in after they're first born, I guess. 
Um, what do you see beyond that strength? You get the quick shot of the baby tanks. You see Goku grab the snow. He's obviously just gotten his ass whooped. Then there's another shot. And if you don't follow us on Facebook, go do that because I uh, posted up a picture of this screenshot here. And it's like a yellow sky. You got two Saiyans. Um, one of them has a super fucking long tail. Has look his his Saiyan armor looks like Vegeta's armor to an extent. I think a lot of people think that he looks like Kaba based off of the hairstyle. Um, I don't know who this Saiyan is. Some people said that it looks like Shallot from the new Dragon Ball Legends game. I haven't played that game. I have a fucking iPhone, might be. But the hairstyle totally looks like it could be Shallot. I just don't know how they would try to work him into the storyline, really. And I don't know dick about Legends, so if there's somebody out there who knows more about Shallot that wants to tell me this is how they could work it in, let me know. Um, and then you see another Saiyan. You can tell he's a Saiyan because he's got a cape on, cool cape. Um, there's a quick shot of the cape, actually. It looks like he's landing on the ground from flight. And you see his tail wrapped around his where his belt would be. So um, the cape actually looks like the cape that Paragus wore in the first Broly movie. Um, maybe this is a young version of Paragus. Maybe this is a young version of Paragus and Broly. I I don't know. What are they finding on the ground here? Because this dude's obviously kneeling down looking at something. It looks like it's a Saiyan space pod, I think. A fucked up one at that. It's like... Such a beat-up Saiyan space pod that you... I honestly couldn't tell that it was a space pod until just now. Fuck me. Anyway. I wonder what those two Saiyans... Who those two Saiyans are and what the fuck they're up to. Beyond that strength. So then you get some really cool shots of... Broly with this crazy green aura and his big red demon eyes popping up out of this hole in the ground. And you see Goku say he's... He's getting stronger. Obviously he's getting stronger. Broly expels all the energy from him as he powers up, loses his pupils. Get this big green dome rushing at, at Goku. And then you see another quick shot of, of that fucking baby tank at the end of it. So maybe it could, maybe they are hinting heavily at the genetically modified shit. I'm thinking maybe Goku fights him because he fights him in that base form. You, you saw a quick, real quick shot of that very early uh, in the trailer. And then toward the end, you see him fight him again. It, I'm assuming it's going to be one of those moments where it's like, ah, I beat him. Woohoo, the movie's over. And then Goku, like, turns around to walk away. And Broly's like, yo, motherfucker, no, it ain't. And then he comes up out the ground with that crazy green aura around him in this new demonic possessed legendary Super Saiyan rage status or whatever the fuck it is. Um, which maybe at that point, who knows if Vegeta's still cooking around. I didn't see him in those last few shots of Super Saiyan Blue versus that crazy Broly, but. Vegeta's still kicking around, dude. Maybe we can get a Gogeta in this bitch. Really hopeful they're going to do the Gogeta. And again, the hints they've given us that it could be, Gogeta could be canon in this movie is, is tremendous. November, they're re-releasing the Bardock special, which will also tie into this movie through the flashbacks, through the ties that Frieza has to the Saiyan race in general. It's going to be explored more in this movie. So they're going to show that Bardock special. All right, cool. Now we got two that tie into this movie. What's up with this third one? Oh, it's the one and only appearance of Gogeta. Hmm. I didn't see no Kyle Shins dicking around in that preview. I don't see no Patara earrings in play. 
So let me be clear again. I'm amped for this fucking movie. This trailer took my breath away. It got me amped as fuck. Animation looks amazing. It looks like more old school Dragon Ball Z. And I didn't initially get that impression from Shintani's, uh, you know, first teaser trailer that we got a couple of months back. I did not get the impression that it was going to be more like early Dragon Ball Z kind of style with those those long faces and the lax shading and just the general simplicity of it. Mike Norman and me were just talking about it and he said it best. He's like, it looks like somebody fucking drew it and it's not made by a computer. And honestly, yeah, I think he hit the nail on the head. It looks like an old school anime. It looks like the manga brought to life. It looks awesome. I'm hyped for this movie. I want it to be good. Everybody who's reached out to me to try to be like, what do you think of Broly now? Since I still take the same thing about Broly. He's a fucking boring ass character, dude. <laughs> what more do you want from me? Try to change my mind. You can't. It's 2018. Polarizing opinions are all that we have. But I love Dragon Ball a hell of a lot more than I love and or hate Broly. So let me be clear with that. I want this movie to be good first and foremost. So I, the the possibility for it to be good exists. After seeing this trailer, I feel better about that possibility. But I saw something today that kind of bummed me out a little bit. And it's basically confirmation of the fact that this movie is going to take place on Earth. Now, it's not overtly expressed in the trailer that we saw and this could end up being a fucking farce who knows but it's from a reliable source in my opinion herms 98 somebody we all love and and rely on for accurate translations he tweeted out a link for an article uh in japan it's uh, news.livedoor.com so it's basically a news and entertainment variety kind of website and it's a brief summary of Dragon Ball movie's super story. It's essentially the same information sh shown in the trailer, but here you go. And this is what it reads. This is the story of a new Saiyan. Duh, I guess. Earth is peaceful following the Tournament of Power. Cool. Let's go find some more shit to fuck up the Earth. Realizing that the universes still hold many more strong people yet to see, Goku spends all his days training to reach even greater heights. Then one day, Goku and Vegeta are faced by a Saiyan called Broly, who they've never seen before. The Saiyans were supposed to have been almost completely wiped out in the destruction of planet Vegeta. So th so what's this one doing on Earth? Broly comes to Earth, is what this article tells me, and I'm kind of bummed by that. I wish they could have tried to tie in planet Sadala and have him been um, somebody who existed in Universe 6 and, and try to tie that piece of it into it together. Um, maybe he's the Universe 6 equivalent of Yamoshi, you know, born however many years later. But again, I think they're probably just going to go the easier route. I don't know. Maybe the easier route then would be to just have it be a gen genetically engineered Broly. Oh my god, if that's the plot, I'm going to be kind of bummed, dude. Ah. Uh, see, 10 minutes ago, I thought that that was not a realistic possibility. And I was like, no, nah, they won't do something that dumb. And then I had a flashback to two weeks ago where I was like, it'll never be Broly. <laughs> That's just dumb. And then it was Broly. Oh, dude, if we got a genetically engineered Broly. <sighs> like maybe planet, maybe like King Vegeta was successful in killing Broly. And like they fucking get Broly's dead baby body or some shit and bring it back from the dead or use it to build a, oh, another Broly. Ah, oh, dude. 
then that would really describe the the vendetta against Paragus and and Vegeta. And that would probably explain a partnership between Paragus and Frieza because Paragus just wants to get revenge for taking his kid. Uh, and Paragus works for Frieza. And Broly is Paragus's way of staying in the army, basically. He's like, yo, Paragus, you're not super useful. You're kind of old, but you got this wild-ass kid with these wild-ass abilities, so... You can you can hang around because you you got his control you got you got the shot collar on this bitch so <sighs> good God dude I really hope that's not what we're about to watch this encounter between three Saiyans who have followed completely different destinies turns into a stupendous battle with even Frieza back from hell getting caught up in the mix so I like the fact that they say these three Saiyans. Um, different destinies who have followed completely different destinies turns into a stupendous battle. Hmm. Maybe Paragus and Broly were meant to be royal at some point. And Vegeta, fucking Vegeta family, you know, spited them that way. So, I don't know. That could be the, the, the parallel that ties all three of them together, right? Goku got evacuated off of planet Vegeta before it exploded. Maybe they tried to do the same for Broly, but he got killed. I'd explain them finding that space pod or some shit. And, you know, if you want to tie in that royalty thing, maybe Paragus and Broly, because Broly was so powerful, he had some kind of right to the heir of the throne of planet Vegeta or some shit. Imagine that. And then King Vegeta's like, nah, fuck that. My kid's going to do that. I'm going to kill this little baby. And then Vegeta grew up as royalty, so that kind of describes a vendetta against Vegeta mostly. But then you can just have that general jealousy of Goku. Doesn't seem like he goes after Goku first. It seems like he goes after Vegeta first in this movie. So it's got to be a Vegeta, a, a Vegeta family-driven vendetta, which I'm excited to see. Give me some flashback of King Vegeta. Give me some flashback of Kid Vegeta. Hopefully we see some Bardock in there as well. But... I mean, the way that this movie seems to be arced out through this trailer, <laughs> I think the possibility exists. The last Trump, because they gave us a hell of a lot in this trailer. There's so much for us to break down and talk about for the next few months. I mean, it's we probably won't get another trailer until, say, October or November, you know? So it it could be a little while until we get some new footage to really dig through, but... I feel like they gave us a ton in that 90 seconds. Maybe the one last surprise they're really holding on to is Super Saiyan Blue Gogeta. That'd be dope as hell. But that's really my general thoughts on the preview. Um, again, I hope it's good. I want it to be good. I'm going to go see it. I'm excited. Uh, there was a little bit of false information put out there earlier today. Woof. Uh, Funimation accidentally tweeted out that there would be a dubbed and subbed version released in American theaters. If you heard that, I'm sorry to be the one to tell you it was wrong. They, uh, Apparently can't proofread their fucking tweets. So uh, it's dubbed only in the theaters in January. Um, hopefully, I mean, maybe they kind of announced it prematurely and it's not confirmed and that will change. That would be really fucking cool. But I don't think it makes sense for Funimation to release the subbed one in the States and have it compete directly with the dub. Mainly because the dub one has their own costs that they have to incur to be able to you know, not only do the the translation of the film, but also to put it into theaters, the distribution, 
it's in conjunction with Toei, I'm sure, but you would think the cost would want to be recuperated on Funimation's part. And how do you do that? You release the dub exclusively, not both, where you potentially split your audience. And if they're people are showing up to go watch the sub instead of the dub, I'm assuming that money wouldn't go directly to Funimation. I don't know. I don't know. That could be wrong, but we'll see what happens. Maybe it'll change. But before I wrap the episode today, there is kind of a Broly-related thing that I wanted to talk about at the end of this episode, and it ties into the most recent volume of the manga that was released for Dragon Ball Super. Came out a couple days ago, I think maybe fully yesterday. I think I saw a couple of panels the day before, but I didn't see the complete thing until yesterday, and it was all raw, untranslated, so... Thankfully, it's mostly action. I can kind of follow what the fuck's happening. Uh, basically, this is the this is the volume where Kale taps into that Berserker Super Saiyan Rage power, and she goes buck wild, and she fucks things up. Oh my god, it's intense. So essentially, they took maybe ten episodes worth of Dragon Ball Super the anime and condensed it down to like. Four pages of the fucking manga. I'm talking Anilaza. They fuse up into this giant Anilaza. And Kale just looks at him. And he's like, I'm about to kill you. Universe 3 for life. And Kale kicks him like right around the dick. Out of the arena. But bam. He's out. The end. Universe 3 has gone. What? What the fuck? And then Universe 4. The bug people, the invisible people. I can't remember their names because I don't give enough of a shit for these cannon fodder characters. But she just tosses them right the fuck out too. So as Kayla's going through this berserker roid rage moment and fucking up not one but two universes single-handedly without really giving it all that much thought, Kaba and Kalifla say she's the legendary Saiyan. A demon Saiyan like this appears once every 1,000 years. Okay? If Kayla and Broly are the equivalents for one another within universe six and seven respectively. I think it's interesting. They pop this into the manga. I had the, the conversation with somebody the other day. What do we take for the Canon now? The anime, cause it came first or the manga, because we've always taken the manga for Canon. I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, people have told me different things. I think I feel the way that I feel like essentially the anime is a guide for the manga and the manga is supposed to be catching up to the anime very shortly, given that we haven't had any new anime since March and they're, you know, halfway through the tournament of power right now. They're kind of on pace to, especially with the pacing of it. I mean, holy shit, they cut out so much crap in this manga version. Maybe we'll have to really consider the manga when we go to this Broly movie in December. That would be interesting. Um, but Kaba and Cauliflower identify her as a legendary Saiyan, a demon Saiyan like this appears once every 1,000 years. Once they start rampaging, their ever-increasing power will eventually lead to their own destruction. So they try to stop Kale before she dies. Very interesting. In the anime, it's more like, yo, she's about to fuck shit up and blow things up and Jiren steps in and eliminates her with bam, no real thought to it. In this version, Kale goes so berserk that she actually tosses a couple of her own team members. She straight up wastes the Namekians. The two Namekians on her team, Salina and Perina, she just knocks them right off the edge with her explosive power. So as they're trying to come up with a plan to be able to stop her, Vegeta really makes the comment of her transformation relies on power, uh, her attacks are strong, and this is when the pride troopers come at her. 
And essentially, five Pride Troopers try to take down Kale at the same time. And so the Pride Troopers are able to work in tandem to be able to kind of predict her movements and, and really get the upper hand on her. Um, you know, Vegeta has a callback to the, the Goku Cell arc that says power is pointless if you can't hit your opponent. So basically, these you know Pride Troopers are really um, coordinated and able to kind of defuse Kale. With the five Pride Troopers really taking it to Kale at this point, they, they almost knock her out of the arena before she shows him, I stole these Patara earrings. I stole them because I didn't really know what they did, but I wanted to have them, blah, blah, blah. Shampa has a quick thing in the marina with them and says, hey, you know, I, I just think it's interesting that in this version of it, Khalifa stole them uh, as opposed to Shampa having it be, you know, the trump card to be able to call in Kefla. Um, basically, Pride Troopers go to knock out Kale. Uh, Kaba grabs her, throws the Patar earring on her ear, um, jettisons her back toward the arena. Khalifa puts on the other um, earring and then Kale and Khalifa merge into Kefla at that point. It's cool because... The manga, the way it ended this week, they take out the five pride troopers. So we were down five pride troopers right off the bat. Kale and Kefla combined to take out two and a half universes in four or five fucking pages. It was really action packed, and people were kind of split on it. I'm all about it. Let's streamline this shit. Too many characters. Let's let's make the feats a little bit more impressive with Kale. Let's give her some, you know, a little bit more credence to what the character is supposed to be an homage to, and and what the hell it. Uh, you know what the impact is again on this huge universal multi-universal scale so i'm okay with the way that they condense this and they sacrificed a couple of fodder universes that were essentially were you know quote unquote filler episodes during the tournament of power universes you knew weren't going to win that you know you had to get through whether it took one two episodes you know uh in concession so universe three and four they're not going to really address them in the manga. They already did. Weak as fuck. Kale just took... Pew, not to say that Kale's weak, but she's much stronger than the anime counterpart. So I just thought it was interesting that they decided to give her that backstory because we all know that she's female Broly from Universe 6. Duh. But a demon saying once every 1,000 years. Maybe they're trying to give us a hint as to you know how they justify Broly coming back maybe he is that saying i don't know maybe he's the legendary super saiyan and i said something like that a couple of weeks ago like maybe it's you know once every 1000 years that this legendary super saiyan power appears who who the hell knows i don't know but i thought it was interesting they decided to address that this week no matter how you felt whether you love that manga or you hated that uh chapter either way the way that they tried to really give them a little bit more give kale a little bit more of a definitive uh history and lore of where her power stems from i thought was interesting considering we got a broly movie coming out real soon <sighs> so anyway uh that's the takes for this week um i did watch the sub for 72 this week before anybody tries to call me out because i'm sure this thing will be posted a little bit before uh, i got gigs on saturday and sunday this week so i won't be around to be able to do this shit um, but whatever, man, make sure you subscribe, Apple podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, working on that YouTube shit. So go subscribe there. If you're active there. Also, uh, she follows us on Twitter, DB super dope, the number one Instagram, DB super dope, Facebook, DB super dope. And, uh, let me know what your thoughts on this trailer are, man. Uh, a lot of you already have, uh, talked with a bunch of you over the last few days, you know, shout outs to my buddy Bryce, uh, Jarns by MJ, Jake Peterson. Uh, Jake Peterson's actually at San Diego Comic-Con this week. So, lucky sons of bitches. What the fuck, man? Uh, and then we got regulars too. Leo. You know, I've been talking with Leo a little bit. And then uh, Sean Chatty Chatterson. What's up, baby? 
appreciate you guys weighing in on some of your thoughts uh, on on the social media platforms. Uh, so make sure you go follow us there and join in the discussion. Make sure you subscribe, rate, help other people find the show. Super dope. Talk to y'all later.